Welcome to another episode of Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon and, of course, go off the rails about bourbon. So we're back for another week of West Kraken, season four. I'm with the fellas, and tonight we got a really special guest on the show. So joining me, as always, is W.A. Stevens. What's up, cousin? Hey, what's going on, Anthony? Good to Chilling see you, fam. Yes, again. And the People's Choice, Delvin mm-hmm. Joyce, is in the house with us. What's up, Delvin? What's the deal, fam? And you didn't call me cousin. You called me cousin oh. the last two weeks, and you did not call me cousin. I was, I was my bad. To feel like he's hurt. He's my bad, hurt. fam. He's my fault, fam. <laughs> and from from the West Coast, uh, a guy we made acquaintance the with West in July Coast. when we went out to um, do some barrel picks with TSR from Bainbridge Organic Distillers. We have Keith Barnes joining us. Keith, welcome to the table. Hey, thanks for having me. And the crowd goes wild. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> oh, man, what a day, what a night, what a night. Well, we're off to a great start right now, you know what I'm saying? It's been that type of week, but here we are. We're going to crack um, the Whiskey 40 Saloon tonight and have Keith hang out with us, talk about it. And yep. um, I guess, you know, we can tell the people a little bit how we met, how we met Keith. Yeah. Um, and how we just made his acquaintance, you know, go ahead, Bill, take that away. We met Keith. We got invited by TSR, um, to, uh, to visit his, uh, his, uh, um, distillery back in uh, the beginning of June. Um, so we, we were a plus one. Um, I don't know if Keith was expecting all of us to be, uh, to be on his, uh, be on, you know, at his location or not, but, uh, but that's how we met him. Um, uh, OJ, I guess, uh, worked with Keith maybe a year or so ago before we, we, we came out. And um, we, we came out to do a barrel pick at another, another distillery. And, um, and uh, OJ wanted to throw this on our schedule. And we came out to meet Keith. And it was a great time to come out there and uh, taste some of his, uh, his fine product. I mean, it was a great time. It was like, a great time. I mean, yeah. you didn't. You got to emphasize that because yeah, I Keith because like I mean, you know, this was our first barrel pick with a uh, with TSR, and Keith happened to be, um, you know, our, our first. But yeah. um, you know, we didn't really know what to expect, and and to come out there and for you to open your doors to us and to show us so much love as far as opening up different products and. You know, explaining, you know, you know, walking around your distillery, showing us your um, all of your, um, you know, your your process and opening up, you know, rare antique bottles. It was just a, a very uh, organic experience for us. And it was in. Oh, awesome. I see what you did there. I see what you did. There. <laughs> you like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Keith, can you for the listeners, can you tell them a little bit about Bainbridge and how you got started into um, the craft whiskey industry? Well, I've been in the liquor industry for about 35 years and pretty much worked for everybody up and down the scale. And one of the things that's impressed me is that uh, there's some phenomenal whiskey out there. It's not like it's not like uh, I had a goal to create the world's best whiskey, although if you ever fell upon that, you you definitely would uh, you you definitely think that that uh, that lightning struck. But my goal was to see if we could build a company that made only organic products and not only if, if we could make them uh, as good and as fine tasting as a lot of the regular conventional products that are out there, but that we could do it better. Because my belief was that by using old school organic grain that was, uh, that was first put up in 
or developed in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. It's got a lot more character than anything that they're using now. Uh, when you're doing organic distillation, it's really like you're distilling back in the 40s. None of the GM uh, stuff, none of the fancy chemicals, none of that stuff. It's all kind of old school. And I'm a, as you guys know, I'm a collector of, uh, of, of antique whiskey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really fueled me was you taste all these old whiskeys, and it's like, man, I feel like I never tasted whiskey before. If this is what whiskey is, I feel like I didn't, I've never done it. And right. my goal is like to take the old school way with the old school tools and the old school grain and see if, you know, can, can we do something that's that good? Okay. And I, don't, I don't know that we made that yet, but that's oh, the goal. Yeah. Make it, yeah. you know, let's, let's, let's make it the way that they used to make it and let people experience how, how, how good it can be. Okay, so that was your so so that was your goal, right? To do um, old school whiskeys um, uh, making, I guess, or you know, I guess get, take your craft back to, I guess, to back in the day. So that was, I mean, so that was intentional then to to do it was, your it was organic. Intentional. And and actually, okay. I got I got redirected when when we first started, and we were uh, we were working on our whiskey, and we had started to make vodka. Um, I'd bought some some whiskey bottles from an auction. And one of the bottles mm. was a bottle of Latvian vodka from 1906. And it Ooh. sat there. Oh, that's a very good year, sir. Yeah. It sat there <laughs> on the shelf for, for you know, it, for, for a few months. And when we started to do trials of vodka and what different profiles we would look at and what was available and how are we going to pattern this, I thought, well, we're sampling all these new vodkas and some old vodkas, too, from Fleischmann's and, and Smirnoff from the 40s and 50s. So I figured I'd throw this one in there as well. And it totally blew me away. It took my it took my concept of what vodka was and just shattered. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, yeah. we got a clean slate now. We can wow. do something that's totally different and still have it be vodka. And that really started to steer us in this direction of, you know, let's be inspired. Let's make sure that there's something that we didn't all forget back here from, you know, from the time where you know, where nobody's thinking about it anymore, something that's good and something that could be brought into modern times and something that people are going to look at and go, wow, that's really different. We're enjoying it. Uh, there's right. you know, definitely a different flavor point there. And, and that's, that, that's what we've been, we've been striving for ever since. So, so when you, when you said you wanted to, I guess, make it organic, um, keep it original, so to speak, yep. did you, and and it's stuck in my head. I think the grain is triticale. Is that right? The Trit the wheat triticale. Yeah, the wheat. Triticale. Triticale. So, did you seek that soft wheat out intentionally, or was it through a few trials that you kind of discovered it and went ingrained that in your process? Well, I think the other the other side of it, and and you know, the other side of it is that is that distilling in all these different areas that have been that really have high marks for distilling. Back in the old days, you weren't importing grain in from someplace. You were taking the grain that was either you grew and you didn't feed to the cattle or that your neighborhood farmers grew and they didn't feed to the cattle. So really, um, distilling was an expression of where you are. It's the grain that you're growing. It's the climate that you're in. It's the quality of the water and how hard is the water. It's really kind of a localized thing. And so we didn't really look any farther than Washington State. Washington State is a great state for wheat. We grow a lot of world-class soft white wheat out here. And mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't, you know, and um, we grow some barley and we grow some corn, but we're really known for wheat. 
And that really became, well, let's look at the grains that we have here because we really want to make this uh, a set of spirits that tastes specific, like they came from someplace, not like right. we're buying malts from you know the Midwest or we're importing malts from someplace else. Then it's not going to taste like here. You yeah. know, we're on an island. We have this maritime climate that flavors the whiskey. We've got local grain. We've got local water. It's like it's you know we want it to taste like it came from someplace uh, and 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 someplace that you want to be. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, you know, good. Uh, I was really impressed that you can actually just eat the 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 wheat grains just as is. You didn't really have to. You know, you can just you know take a handful of it and eat it without doing anything to it. I mean, I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and but he he was also really hungry at the time because we had just I was hungry. Off, so. I mean, we, yeah, we had just I paid mean, off at Chambers Bay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's what you really want to do with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it was it was it was tasty though. I mean, it wasn't you know it just wasn't off putting is what I'm. We, well, well, we, we got we got a lot of weed farmers in this in this country and not and not a lot of them here uh have seen organic wheat and it looks right. different because it because this wheat was developed back in the 50s and back in the 60s right. and these guys will come in and they're primarily you know, they're they're big guys and they'll you know they'll 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 walk up to the grain bin and they'll you know, stick a big ham fist in there and take, you know, they've got, they've got some grain in their hand and, you know, the hand looks huge and there's like a little tiny bit of grain in here and they'll kind of paw through it and they'll go, my, that's pretty little wheat. And I, I probably heard it like in our first couple of years, I probably heard it like 20 times. It's all exactly the same way. They have this reverence for, uh, for the grain that's grown here. And yeah. And it impressed me that it's like, okay, these guys are these guys are seeing grain and they're seeing wheat every day of the week. They're right. out there in a combine and the dust and it's hotter than hell and everything. And they're still like impressed by, wow, that really looks beautiful. Right. Really, this looks yeah. beautiful. So is that to say that their wheat is like it's GMO wheat because it's it's larger? It's really not GMO, but you know, in in back in the day they would selectively breed grain so that uh, it did certain things like, you know, like it grew taller or it grew fatter yeah. or it grew quicker. Yeah, I remember you were mentioning um, that earlier. Yeah, so, you know, you would, you would, you know, over the course of generations, you would breed the grain so it did some certain things that were, that were beneficial to you in your area. Um, oh. and, they, and one of the things that they did was that they bred, especially with wheat, you take a look at, at photographs from, uh, the end of the 19th century when they were taking photographs out in Washington state of these wheat fields, and man, the wheat is like five feet tall. It's gigantic. Mm-hmm. And you go to a wheat field now and it's about 18 inches tall because mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier to, to put herbicide and pesticide on it and makes it easier to run a combine over the top when you're doing harvest. The organic guys, the grains usually about, about, three feet tall, maybe a little bit taller. So it's, it's a throwback, not quite as tall as that old stuff used to be, but, uh, right. But there's still samples of that old grain out there. So people are bringing it back guys in Pennsylvania that are, that are, uh, cultivating Monongahela rye to make rye whiskey, which is like a totally exciting thing. Cause Ooh. I taste like write, the, all this Monongahela rye from, you know, old overhold from the early 1900s. And it's like, Man, that is a like more why anybody's ever tasted. That is no oh, wow. So well, so um, go ahead, Elvin. No, question? I was just going to say one, one thing I wanted to, you know, 
compliment you on, Keith, with your process is that, you know, as we were out there, we tasted, you, you let us taste about eight different barrels for us to select our barrel. Yeah. And I can promise you, I would have been happy with any of the eight. Like they were all, they were all fantastic. And so, you know, I think that's a compliment to you, your process, the consistency, but it was, it was fire. So I say all that to say, if you want to shoot another barrel over here to your boy, I mean, I'll take it. (laughs) I I will, I will take it. So (laughs) we could, we could arrange up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're the saying there's a on, chance. Yeah. And yeah. to piggyback on uh, uh the piggyback on that, Delvin, and for him to, you know, you know, bring eight barrels of his stuff for us to taste and to throw in those, you know, those older whiskeys antique from back bottles. in, you know, the antique bottles into the mix. The honey because picks. he's but yeah, because he's not scared. He's like, I'm not scared. Um, mm-hmm. you know, his my whiskey is gonna stand up to those, you know, whiskeys that he's been you know, back in the, you know, forties uh, and sixties, whatever he, he brought out to us. So we, we do a, we that, do a, we didn't awesome. do it this last year because, uh, and this year because of the pandemic, but, uh, for the last 10 years, we've been doing, uh, an event out here called whiskeys for wildlife and it benefits, um, uh, it benefits Puget Sound Restoration Fund, which does habitat restoration in the Puget Sound for the fishery out here and crabs and oysters and all that kind of stuff. And um, and all of the whiskey brands attend. So the deal is, is that they come and they bring everything but the kitchen sink. If they show up and they don't have everything, they don't have all the stuff that's allocated and all the stuff that's not in this region. If they don't have it, then 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 there's going to be hell to pay. But (laughs) they'll bring all their stuff and then I'll bring, you know, 15 or 20 bottles of 1950 and on back of their product to pair against their new stuff so people can get an idea of what this brand is about and what the history of the brand is and how it's evolved over the course of time and so we can really use the new whiskey and the old whiskey and the special whiskey to educate people as to what your whiskey palette could be you know what 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 should you consider um Okay, I got I got nothing against Smoke Wagon. Okay, you know I've, I've got some bottle of Smoke Wagon, and it's perfectly good. It's 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 good bourbon. I okay. really. But you know but, when I when I you know when I look online and I see you know oh Smoke Wagon oh Smoke Smoke Wagon oh Weller Smoke Wagon Weller Weller Smoke. It's like okay, it, it, it's it's good. But I think you guys tasted some stuff that you guys had a little bit of, of your whiskey perspective change when you taste some of that old stuff and you see like, mm-hmm. how it yeah. be. It's like okay, okay, well, th- more people need to do that. So they are more demanding and go, you know, hey, you know, there's other things that we there's other things you can do here if you're if you're purposeful and you think it through and you 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 tailor your process to try to bring different things out of the grain and put it into the spirit. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's making the educational, the educational experience just a little bit more robust. So people have, people are a little more demanding. Which I was, I mean, you know, that was my, you know, all my thing right there, man. I, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. I'm going to tell you yeah. that, that to me, like you, you put me on game, Keith, cause that, I had never even looked at it in that way. And I didn't know whiskey could have that type of flavor profile. Because what some of the stuff that we tasted out of your spot, and we're going to talk about one of them tonight, 
I mean, it was just a totally different flavor profile. And so we have a saying here at the Black and Brown podcast, when we open a bottle and it tastes just like every other bottle, mm-hmm. we call that a 40 degree day. A 40 degree <laughs> day. Yeah. And, and Keith. And you, no, you know, no. Not bad, not good, just, you know, just, just run the mess. Just a 40, 40 degree, degree yeah. day. Nobody yeah. cares about a 40 degree day, right, Keith? So, <laughs> yeah. and, and what's great about your stuff and some of the old antique bottles that you let us taste, like it truly was something unique and different. And that's yeah. what I'm excited to talk about tonight. Okay. Um, so, but plug, we got to figure out this guy. Look at his room. I mean, first off. Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get there. Because okay, okay. look at your I'm room just, and look at his room. See I, what I'm saying? I, mean, <laughs> I see a little I see a little bottle envy going on right here. I mean, his, yeah. his room is stacked. So yeah. <laughs> I got the receipts. I got the photos to prove it. But so so Keith is on Instagram. His his handle um in addition to Bainbridge Organic Distillers, if you search that, you'll find him. But you have one that's called At My Year of Whiskies, and that's spelled W-H-I-S-K-I-E-S, right? Is that like your journey of what's going on, you specifically, what bottles you have, what you're looking for, what you're currently pouring up? It's really, I, I got this whiskey collection, and my rule has always been with the whiskey collection is that uh, is when I get a bottle, I don't care what it is, unless I have two bottles of the same thing, I don't open them both up, but... The first thing I do is open them up and I pour them. And I don't care if they came from, you know, from from 2019 or they came from 1919. I'm still opening them up and I'm tasting them. And if people come over or if if if, if guys like you come over, then we're going to taste it because I'm I'm a I'm a whiskey advocate and and I I, I kind of I kind of love letting people taste how good this stuff can be. Right and um. I actually, it's really kind of a test. I wanted to see if I had the discipline between the two businesses that I own, if I had the discipline to actually write, do it like a whiskey tasting and a legitimate write up um, <laughs> once per day, you know, could I actually do it? Yeah, um, yeah. I think I've missed, I think I've, I've missed uh, five days since the beginning of the year where uh, I was either out of town or, or we had, you know, uh, my, you know, my father-in-law passed away just a couple weeks ago. And I mean, uh, we, I missed some days, but I'm, I'm, you know, that's a gimme. I'm giving myself a, a gimme yeah. for those days, but yeah, I've, it's, it's really been me, you know, taking the whiskeys that I, that I have. And if I get whiskeys and I think that they're, that they're shite, I get rid of them. I got plenty of friends that'll drink anything. And yeah. so <laughs> I'm really, I'm never going to drink it. It's going to sit here. I can dump it out or I can give it to you. And they're like, Oh yeah. You know, I got a lot of friends. Yeah. You, yeah. Give give me the, give me the stuff that that's not good enough for the Keith collection, but I've got all these old whiskeys and I decided, okay, that's the perfect, that's the perfect thing for me to do. I'm going to take all the whiskeys that I have that I didn't give away are whiskeys that I thought for one reason or another were phenomenal and unique and really just expressed what the distillers were after and and they're not have not been recreated in anything modern that i've tasted and so i decided i was just going to profile the whiskeys that i love and just you know give them some air have a little fun revisiting them um some of these whiskeys that i that that blew me away when i first tasted them i might not have tasted them like in the last five or six years and i'll taste them and i'll and it'll take me back like okay i remember why i kept this bottle this, yeah, right. this is dynamite stuff. I've right. had a couple of whiskeys that just like, 
you know, I, the Instagram is like, it's pretty stingy. You can only write like a little bit yeah. before, <laughs> before, you know, you can't, you can't send it off. You got to edit all the stuff out to try to get it down to a certain number of characters. So, but you uh, know what a, a cheat code for that is like when you write, you edit you. So as soon as you post it, go into the comments and you can keep finishing yeah. your thought. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I, I've, I've done that. Yeah. I've done that, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to control myself and to be, you know, to be, to be, you know, cognizant of, okay, I only got a certain number of, a uh, certain number of characters here. Like if we were doing this on Twitter, yeah. I would be lost. Yeah, for be real. Like, this yeah. You know, 47 characters just can't do it. Forget it. Yeah. Twitter's bad, man, but not bad in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you have to stay on it because it goes so fast. It moves so quickly. Like if you see something in Twitter, it'll change like 20 minutes later. You know, it's like through a goose, man. It's just like here right. and then it's gone. As we talk about your packaging, I think you you told us like your your background is in marketing because you kept telling us while we're out there and I'm gonna let you stun a little bit for the listeners. You kept telling us you didn't need the money. This was a passion project, what you're doing. <laughs> and it truly speaks volumes because when you look at this bottle, um, I think everybody's got their bottle in front of them. And we took some stickers out that you blessed us with before we left the area. I mean, it's a timeless bottle. It looks vintage. And like Delvin just said a minute ago, yeah. looking at your bottles on like your shelf old, in the back. Yeah, it's old school. Yeah, like an like old, old um, West West. Coast Saloon, like and exactly you know, like in the Wild Wild West, and like how they used to have the ceilings with the foil, mm-hmm. you know, the detail. Yeah. That's what it. That's what it brings to mind for me. And I just like when right. I look at it, you know, it fits right on your shelf as one of those joints you pulled out for us during your tasting. It's like a vintage bottle, and the flavor. I know we're going to talk about the flavor, but as I'm sipping it over here, it takes me back to when we had it in the middle of the tasting when he broke it out for us, and we were all like, "Yo, can we get that bottle?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, you were like, "This is this is a project I got coming down," and we were like, "Yo, is that available now?" You know what I mean? So, um, talk a little bit about the bottle, Keith, and how you came up with that. And you know, was that on your mind? You knew you had that image, what you wanted to put out there, or this just came through like the team? I didn't really, you know. When uh, I think that uh, um, I've been in the spirits industry long enough that when you have family of products it's, it's better to make them all hang together. It's, it's easier to support one brand that's got a lot of family members in it than it is to support five different brands. I mean, whiskey looks different. Vodka looks different. At some point, you know, we may be whiskey only and we have the battle point line that kind of colors what all, what the, what all the packaging for the other products is like. But, um, this one, because the whiskey 40 saloon was an actual place on Bainbridge Island here mm-hmm. and it had a really oh. colorful yeah it had a really colorful and um and sorted and debauched image um when it was in operation i really wanted to take i wanted to get the feel for that vintage kind of a look whiskey 40 saloon was in operation from the 1860s to like 1905 and um it was right on the right on the property line of of a dry mill town. Mm. So there was a, there was a guy named Meigs at the North end of Bainbridge Island where I live that had a, that had a lumber mill and he built a mill town. So all the people that work there would have some place to live. They had a hotel that only served like 2% beer. <laughs> and, but it was, it was other than that, it was a dry mill town. He was, he never, he didn't drink. And his wife was like a carry nation acolyte you know hatchets on barrels of whiskey and all the rest of that she was like no whiskey anywhere here but these two clowns uh uh bob impet and henry winchester 
no relation to the Winchester rifle guys. They bought a piece of property about 40 feet off the property line to the dry mill town. And they built the whiskey 40 saloon. Nice. And right after they built it, man, like everybody at the end of the day, they were drifting up the hill. Yeah. 40 saloon. And it became on the Island. They had a little paper that they published like once every two weeks. And there was a section that was always on, you know, it it wasn't on, here's what happened that was horrible at the Whiskey 40 Saloon, but that's pretty much what it was. You know, (laughs) it would be like the police blotter, you know, this and this and this and this. There's one common denominator. It's all happening at the Whiskey 40 Saloon. So it's like, okay, that's what I got juiced up. I'm a marketing guy. It's like that, that's too good to leave alone. So (laughs) we've got to turn the clock back a little bit and pick this vintage, vintage looking bottle. And yeah. just label in a different way. All of our labels have this embossed uh, tin. Yeah, but uh, but this one definitely has that kind of a that kind of a vintage look to it. And yeah. the liquors, the liquors, more what what you probably would have had uh, distilled. There was actually a still at the Whiskey Forty Saloon too. Nice. Uh, wow. We were. I mean, everything that we're distilling here is uh, is is organic, and it's all local. So. You'd have to think, you know, if they're using, if they're softening the, the, the corn whiskey with some wheat or with some barley or whatever they were using back then, this has got to be something that's relatively, uh, you know, relatively similar. Uh, although we probably sweated over this one uh, a lot. This, this is, this was distilled, you know, with bourbon, it has to be distilled at 160 or below mm-hmm. and with our wheat whiskey. We usually distill a little bit higher. So, um, it took us. It, it took. It took a while for this one to kind of come around. This one laid around in the barrels, and it laid around, and it was like, God, is this shit ever going to be done? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> come on. So we're like cruising in on like six years now. I never figured yeah. I that if I thought that whiskey that it was going to take six years for this bourbon to turn around, I probably would have. I, I might have like thought through the grain bill a little bit differently and handled fermentation a little bit differently to try to bring it out at like four years or four and a half. No, it's perfect, man. It's perfect. Okay, so this is a six-year-old bourbon. It is, yeah. Okay, nice. So, And it's, 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 uh, you know, it it, it classifies as bottled in bond. We didn't put that on the label for some stupid reason, but uh, maybe on the next label run, we'll we'll put it on there. I was wondering that. I saw it was 100 proof, and I was wondering if it was BIB. But are these your mash bills, or did you start with, like, there was someone instrumental (laughs) helping build the mash bills, or what? Oh, no. No, I mean, every, everything's, everything's just from the ground up. Mm. So we did a lot of, we did a lot of testing, a lot of, a lot of, uh, test batches and aging in different charred barrels and lots and lots of different yeast strains. And, and, uh, everything has just been kind of developed from, from developed really from the ground up and really kind of with a, with an eye on if you were, if you were making whiskey back in the twenties or the thirties, or even before that, and you had this set of tools to work with and you had this set of grains to work with, what, what would you have done? What's the most likely way that you would have, have, have chosen to try to make a great product, but try to make it with what you have at hand. And that's really kind of informed how I approach recipeing. I mean, there are certain things that I just, that I wouldn't do that they're doing now just because they don't really have any, they don't have any relevance for, for, uh, for where we're located here, it's not part of uh, it's not part of this place. Mm-hmm. And if it comes to be somebody else's shtick, where they're we're doing this certain thing, and this is kind of what we're known for, 
hey, more power to you. Then you do that right. and then we'll steer clear of that because we don't want to pitch our tent on somebody else's ground where we're trying to take advantage. Our, our Yama whiskey is a good example of that. You know, we didn't we didn't do a whiskey that was aged in Mizanara Oak because uh, because we wanted to try to steal a page out of the out of the Japanese whiskey book. I mean, that's their book. Mm-hmm. I want to have nothing to do with it. But we had our um, first generation Japanese immigrant village that was on this island and they were doing an archaeological dig to understand and to try to catalog and to try to uh, collect and and salvage that part of this island's history. And we made that whiskey as a fundraiser to fund all of that action. That was the only reason we would have done it. I never would have done a, I never would have done a, a Japanese barrel whiskey unless we were doing something where that was specifically relevant. And I felt like we were kind of adding to the pantheon of what Mizanara whiskey can be and not right. just copying what, what somebody else is doing. I, I don't want to do that at all. Right. That's dope. Right. That's dope. That's dope. Mm. Very nice. Excuse me while I sip. Pantheon, I, right? I mean, he's using all these big words, man. We got to. That's so, fine. That's fine. So, <laughs> I'm old, man. I've like I've learned all these big words when, since I've been, <laughs> been in the game, Delvin, for so long. So yeah, no kidding. Gotta let me, gotta let me use them. I got to throw them out there while I'm still above the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's really what's really cool also about the bottle, I would say, is that I mean, you have the USDA organic label on the bottle as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I've ever seen that on a whiskey bottle. So uh, maybe not. Is that, is that like a hard designation to get or like, is there a process to go through? I, I know everything you do there is organic, but how do you get that? Well, I, you, you have to, so, so 95% of everything that goes into the whiskey has to be organic. There are some things that you use during in, in production that, that, that you, that you just can't, you know, that, that you can't, uh, that isn't organic. I mean, most of the yeasts that are out there, there's a handful of, of, of whiskey yeasts that are out there. Um, and there's maybe one or two that might be organic or spirits yeast. I would, I should say there's not very many organic yeasts out there. So if you had to rely on, on only organic yeast, then, you know, we'd be, you'd be out of luck. Um, it does have to be made in a certain way where it's made more like they would have done it before and they don't use any of the things to to engineer it the way that they do for for like a modern yeast it's like a throwback yeast but but still um and there's you know whiskey companies and, and spirits companies here in the northwest um woodenville whiskey company started out as as organic really mm. and fremont yeah. mischief started out as organic and there's been a lot of there's been there's been a number that have started out as organic. Some of them aren't around anymore, but um, but pretty much they started that way. And but it was it it's hard it's hard to figure yeah. out. Um, well, it's the, less expensive too, though. That's that's the good thing about it. You know, I shop at yeah. Whole Foods, and like the prices are much lower. <laughs> yeah. They, oh no, that's 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 called sarcasm, right? That's, that's, that's the other way around. <laughs> they, refer, they refer to it as whole paycheck out here. Yeah, whole paycheck, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's but it's a uh, but you know to to me uh, um, in in my other business I've done a lot of work with organic food companies and I have a lot of respect for them and I have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, respect for that ethic 
and for um, really informed my number one rule is like, well, if, if I can't tell somebody about what we're doing here because I'm ashamed of it or because I don't want people to know if, if I, if, if I'm doing that, then I really shouldn't be doing it. Right. And the right. organic guy is pretty much, there's not a lot of stuff that you can hide. You're inspected every year, every little thing that you do, they go through your entire facility. They look at all your production logs, cleaning logs, like everything, even things that you wouldn't think that would matter. They're all over the top of it. And, uh, and it's hard to maintain organic certification. But when I first started this, I didn't know if we would be able to make whiskey, organic whiskey, that would be as good as regular whiskey. I mean, there's like, there's like freaking great whiskeys out here, you know? Yeah. You're doing okay, Keith. Buna Hobbit, 1963. I'm not quite sure that I can make a better whiskey than this one um, organically. You know, it's it's like, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, if you can, if. I wanted to prove that I wanted to prove to myself that we could do it. If it had turned out that we couldn't make whiskey organically and have it turn out to be something that was, that was really good and that people enjoyed and people wanted to make it part of, of their set of whiskeys and kind of, you know, I look at, I look at the whiskey that we make or I look at the liquor that we make and it's like, it's a part of people's celebration. It's a part of people when they relax. It's a part of people when, yeah. you know, when they're enjoying life. And if you get to have like a little space at that table, even if it's just your bottle sitting on the table and they call you up and go, yeah, you know, we were drinking this last Saturday night and it was blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. okay, that's, that's as good as it can get. You're like, you're right. I'm at the table. So yeah. if we couldn't have done that and done it organically, I'd have shut it down because oh. there's there's tons and tons of great whiskey that's out there that's not organic. And it's like, you know, Hey, there's some people that are looking for that. There's people that are right. looking for, for that thing. That's a little bit different. Maybe it's a little bit cleaner. Maybe it's got a little bit more local provenance. Uh, it's got a little bit more history embedded into it just because it has to, because you're using all this old school stuff. It's like you're living in the 1940s. So um, yeah, if we couldn't have pulled that off, then then there, then there's really not much point to do it. Then you could make whiskey and it can be fun and all the rest of that stuff. But it's like, it doesn't have that point of differentiation. And, you know, when organic stuff was, was first coming out, that was the big thing. It was like, you know, you'd go buy something that was organic and then you over your regular stuff that you would buy. And sometimes your organic stuff wouldn't be as good. And it's like, that was the challenge. It's like, well, sometimes it's not as good just because you can't, you can't, like whiz bang it all together with all oh, these yeah, can't cut the corners. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled that we were able to, that we were able to pull this all together and yeah. make it work and keep it going. And we didn't have to give it up. And I think, I think that in Washington state, you know, we're, I mean, we're just one of a handful of, of distilleries in the country that's really doing everything organically. And that's not buying bulk from, you know, from, uh, from distilled resources out in Rigby, Idaho, or that's not buying, you know, that's not buying stuff from someplace offshore because they have some kind of organic certification <laughs> hit with the <laughs> like China or South America or someplace like that. Right. Nobody, wow. nobody can go look at it. Yeah. We've right. got this great, we've got this great vodka, this great organic vodka that comes from China. It, and it's it's organic. I'm, we support God. It's organic. <laughs> hey, so you know, I I know the process is tough, and you got to go through a lot of uh, rigmarole. Let's say rigmarole. Um, 
Now you and sampling, you have to go through lots of sampling, a lot of sampling. <laughs> right? That's my job. I need that job. So, so I have, I have, I have two questions. So the first is, so especially with this whiskey 40 saloon, yep. um, it's the bottle says it's a small batch. Now we talked about how there is no standard for what small batch actually means, right? So small batch at MGP might is going to mean something totally different. And I actually think I used Bainbridge, for example, in the you last did, episode. You did, you did, yep. you did, right? So a small batch at MGP is going to be totally different than a small batch at Bainbridge. But what does small batch at Bainbridge actually mean? Well, our equipment is is uh, is five hundred gallon. Uh, it's a five hundred gallon kit, so. The still, if you were being greedy, you probably could put about 600 gallons in it, but the fermenters are all 500 gallon. The, the mash cooker is set up as a 500 gallon mash cooker. That's about as much as we can process at one time. And, um, out of 500 gallons of mash, you probably get 40, 40 gallons of alcohol. If you're making 8% beer, that's about what you're going to get. And so we usually run. You know, we'll run um, six to eight batches uh, of mash for 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 a set, and that gives us about four hundred gallons of alcohol, maybe a little bit less, depending on how much we get out of it. We're not greedy when we're making cuts because you know the 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 heads and the tails are still primarily ethanol. Yeah, and you can always dilute that stuff and throw it back into the still. And then distill it, you know, distill it with a lot of care and just harvest whatever ethanol is left in it. And then you can use that in your production. So we're not greedy about trying to get everything out of the first pass. All the heads and tails, we can redistill all that stuff at a later date. So, you know, you get what you get out of it. And at the end of it, you know, like a batch of like this Whiskey 40 Saloon, we got about, uh, I think we got about 120 cases out of it. That was it. So I, I would wow. think that that qualifies as is for me, it qualifies a small batch. That's there's a lot of, batch. there's a lot of distillers out there that are, you know, that are operating, you know, they're operating on like a, on a 250 gallon system or right. sometimes, sometimes even, even, even less. So, um, I got I got a, I got a sub question real quick. You have, how many bottles in a case? Six, uh, right? I would say when I said like 120 cases, yeah. it was that would that would be like a 12 bottle case. This is actually in a six bottle case, but you know, okay. Look at yes, you doing math. I'm doing math. Yes, I'm trying to get six yes, bottles sent to the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> this times this equals not enough. Yeah. That's what <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you right now for our listeners, and I, I know we're about to get into the conversation about this. Dude, this Whiskey 40 Saloon tastes like nothing I've ever had before. It's really and I good, dog. I mean that. And, and by the way, when we were there, like we've always talked about how like the mood you're in mm-hmm. and the company yes. that you're in yes. will, will yeah. sort of impact how you feel about the bottle and what you're drinking, right? Yep. And so I've been I've been wanting to crack this bottle because I was like, oh, we were in Seattle. We were all having a good time. We were kicking it with my man, Keith. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, we were on cloud nine. So that might have jaded me or <laughs> skewed my my perception of this bottle. vacation liquor. Exactly. Yes. Like, what the? Nice. Right. Good. Exactly. 
And yeah. I'm telling you right now, this thing, it, I mean, it's, I don't know if you guys can see the chat. I've been writing about it in the chat. <laughs> this thing is, is as good as I remember, if not better. I didn't see well, the good. chat. I, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. When we, when we, when we entered competitions, the, I remember when we, when we first entered competitions, you know, we would, uh, you know, we'd look at batches and we'd like pick one that we thought, okay, this, this, you know, this, this is, this is going to be a winner. The rule now, the rule maybe for the last, probably the last six or seven years is like, is like, okay, whatever the production run is that we have right now, just grab the bottles and ship them off. Yeah. (laughs) If it it sucks, then they're not going to give us anything. Right. And if, it, and if it doesn't, then, you know, then, then, then they will, if it's worthy, because they don't know what we've gone. They don't know, you know, we're not, we're not sitting there in, in the, you know, back in the lab and like, you know, some of this and some of this and like fine tuning it because we know that Paul cult wants it to be like this or, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and Andrew Dias blue wants it to be like this. And we're trying to like pan to that. It's like, look, right. here's the right, here's our stuff. Like ship it out, get it the hell out of here, and then uh, and uh, and then we'll go. And whiskey forty salute <laughs> to my surprise. Um, when we have new stuff that we launch and it wins some, wins anything or gets any kind of recognition, it's it's always a surprise to me. That's dope. It's always, wow. Well, so whiskey forty saloon got a um, got a gold medal at, in the San Francisco competition nice. last Very year. Nice. Yep, and it got a uh, and it got a finalist. Uh, 93 in small batch bourbon in Paul Picult's ultimate spirits challenge. He's right. Wow. You know, we don't, we only enter, we enter the world whiskeys awards and we enter, uh, ultimate spirits challenge and we enter the New York and San Francisco and we enter the international, uh, international spirit. God, I can't remember what the initials of it are. It's one that it's one that we see with with in my other business. All, all my all my other customers enter that one too. It's based wow. based out of the Netherlands, so we don't enter like you know the World Spirits Competition of Dubuque, Iowa, <laughs> or you know the World Spirits Competition of of uh, you know San Luis Obispo. Yeah, we enter. You know, we enter. We only enter what what I think are are the legit competitions, right? And yeah. the European competitions, especially if you enter, like the World Whiskey's Awards, and you suck, like they'll give you a write up. They they don't report any they don't report anything that's like below a certain level, but they'll send it to you, and um, like it's it's withering. Like you read some of these things, it's like uh, it's like Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. Yeah, I mean, you'll like look for look for like a 68 or a 78 or a low 80s in Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible and picture yourself as being a whiskey distiller and then reading this review. And it's just like, wow, back to the drawing board. Shout out to the drawing board. The the blade hovering over your wrist. Like, should I just end it all now just because, you know, because obviously I suck. I need to go back to selling, you know, you know, know, widgets. Can you buy this right now? I mean, so what's what's the distribution like right now on this? And I forgot what we paid for it when we were out there. But what's like retail? Uh, retail. I think I think we were selling it for eighty nine bucks a bottle. Eighty nine dollars. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and um, we sold the first. We sold the, the kind of a, a tranche of the first release. 
to get it kicked out the door. We'll probably release a bunch more of it um, okay. or the rest of it in close, getting close to the holidays. And then we have another batch that's right behind that. That's a bigger batch. Uh, but bourbon, bourbon isn't something that we make a lot of. So, so is this going to be like a, a, I guess, an annual release then, or are you just going to release it as you, your batches or how's that going to work? Or, or I guess a larger question. So are your batches going to be consistent to what this bottle is, or are you got, it's going to be a little difference? Well, I would say that, that, um, that, uh, that our pattern has been that we release something and then we continue to whittle on it as we release the next batches and we'd run the next matches. So okay. it's always, it's always a process of learning from where we were and then, and then doing what we can do to steer it, whether it's where we're putting the barrels or whether it's the barrels themselves or whether it's the entry proof going into the wood, um, you know, changing the char level uh, to a certain degree. It, it, it has to do with all those finer elements of trying to steer it to go one way or another. We're monitoring the stuff all the time. So um, I would say that Whiskey 40 Saloon uh, second release is probably going to be a lot like this. Maybe um, maybe a little more refined. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't wow. Know, locally. Okay, so you're saying so all your releases are going to be maybe a slightly different release or it's, like you know, it's it's small batch you know it's yeah. like it's like you go to buffalo trace and they're doing and they're doing a barrel dump and it takes them it takes them two weeks to get all the barrels out that they're going to dump mm-hmm. you know, for us it takes us about two hours so, <laughs> you know we're we're, we're going to bottle hey we're doing a bottling a, a, bear, a bottling of battle so you know let's go back and we'll grab you know six barrels that are that are all done and then we'll dump it and then, you know, then we'll do a bottling. It's just everything yeah. is a ridiculously smaller scale. But, but what it means is that what it means is, is that is that those barrels, when you pull them, they really have to they got to be prime. I mean, they really have to be done because the workload that they have to do in yeah. the end of six barrels, man, they really got to carry it forward. It's not like you got a thousand barrels or 500 barrels that are going into a batch. Yeah. And you know, all that whiskey that's different, that was in different parts of the warehouse, it covers everything over and it makes it all smooth and like bullet and delicious and everything, you know, right. with, with six barrels or, or 10 barrels or whatever it is when it's on the small side, man, each barrel has got to be good. If the barrel's not good, you can't you can't let it go in. So I'm the one that yeah. all the picks. And oh, if, nice. Yeah, and if they're not done, if the barrels aren't done, then then there's there's no question. They just don't go in. And if we have to, you know, if we bottle short, then we bottle short. But we're not bottling it. Uh, awesome. We're not bottling it if it's if it's not ready. <laughs> you know, like our I'm, first our first battle point whiskey was like it was like 13 months old when we bottled it. We were happy it was brown. It was like okay. <laughs> It tastes like whiskey. I, I, ha- I have the first bottle that we ever bottled, and I've, I've contemplated opening it. I'm either going to open it and I'm going to share it with everybody, or I'm going to wait another five or six years and I'm going to auction it off as like as like the first bottle that we ever bottled. That's going to be damn awesome. And that charity at a charity auction, but yeah, but I, I guarantee you, I've I've tasted plenty of the whiskey that we put out in our you know in our first few years, 
and it was maybe two years old and then maybe three years old. Um, and it was still pretty clean. We learned that we learned that, uh, that when you're distilling and you're putting it in small barrels, there's a lot of chemical changes that happen in the barrel that are based on just, you know, wood components that are being liquefied by, by ethanol and they're flowing out into the barrel and they're reacting with all the things that the yeast made during fermentation. And then you're, you, you got to change and it makes whiskey. Well, there's some things that don't happen that way. They happen kind of based on time on the clock. You could be in a 10 gallon barrel or a, or a, or a, 1500 gallon barrel it wouldn't matter like four years five years six years that's when this stuff starts to happen and if you know that you're going to be in little barrels which is what we were in at the beginning mm. you got to kind of cut that stuff out and never let it in the barrel so you got to make your cuts that much tighter you got to make your distillate that much cleaner because it's not going to be in the wood long enough to like totally clean up yeah and interesting. so you know we don't we don't really have to do that anymore because we're in we're in 53s now and, and we've got a stock of whiskey and, but it seems like with, at least with, you know, the battle point whiskey and, and those variants, we still are distilling it that way. Cause it's a, it's a super clean distill period. And that's not the character of it. So we're just, we're, we're keeping with it. So I'm glad you brought up that battle point. Somebody, somebody said earlier on that, you know, you know, that it's, that it's creepy to walk into, you know, into, you know, to be compared to all these big brands. When we first started and we did our whiskeys for wildlife thing, I'm looking out over this, this, uh, this, this event hall and I've got Glenlivet and Glenfiddich and, and, uh, Glenn Morangie and Ardbeg and like everybody and their brother out there that's McAllen, everybody that's like these mm. the, the King Kongs of all. Yeah, of them. All these, yeah And then there's us in the back. Stuff, we got yeah. our table in the very back and we're like, man, you know, like it's, you know, it, it's, it's a tough room when you're got, you know, <laughs> two year old whiskey and you've been doing it for four years and it's, and, and you're up against these guys. But I used to feel, I used to feel like, like it was, uh, like that was, you know, that was a tough thing to do, but, but anymore with some of the innovative things that we do and our barrel finish program and Yama and things like that, we're really doing some things that are kind of unique. And so when we go to these, when we go to these shows, we have a lot of people go, okay, I think this bottle is the best bottle here. Mm-hmm. And when you have everybody else that's in there, and I'm not saying that I think it's the best bottle. I'm just saying that, you know, that it's, it's refreshing after, after, uh, we opened in 2009, so we're, we're 12 years in. It's refreshing to go to a show and not be embarrassed about what you're pouring and going and, and, and knowing that, well, hey, you know, we can, we can at least hold our own. Right, right. Usually when, like if we win an award, usually like a UK award, because some of our customers are, in, you know, in my other business are in the UK, and they all know that this is something that, uh, this is something that I do. Um, when when we won um, in 2017, our Yama was named Craft Whiskey of the Year uh, in Whiskey Advocate magazine. And, oh, wow. And it was a Sunday morning. Not like I would have known about it. Not like I'm following <laughs> Whiskey Advocate, you know, the release of everything. But one of my whiskey clients in the UK 
had got the early release because they're like eight hours ahead of us. And he calls me in the morning and he goes, Hey, it's like seven o'clock in the morning on Sunday here. He goes, Hey, I wanted to congratulate you. You guys won, you know, craft whiskey of the year. And I'm like, what the F are you talking about? I didn't know. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> pull it up, pull up whiskey advocate. You Yama's like craft whiskey of the year. And I'm like, well, okay. That's dope. awesome. Wow. I'll pull it up while I'm on the phone with him at six o'clock in the morning, having my, you know, Coffee with Bailey's in it, like trying to wake up. <laughs> but, yeah, so, open up. so it's it's fun. It's fun to be part of this. Uh, it's fun to be part of this group, and and uh, you know to to have people call you up and go, "Hey, you got, you get a, you did a good job. You did a good job." Yeah. You know? So let's, let me ask you a question about the um sorry, Bill, the uh, battle points you brought up because that's your um your wheat whiskey, right? And you won an award for like best American wheat with that one. Yeah, we've won actually Battle Point before we released the Two Island series. Uh, Battle Point had won World's Best Wheat Whiskey uh, for uh, four years in a row. Wow. And then on the fifth year, uh, Battle Point Two Islands Isla Cask won World's Best Wheat Whiskey. And then, um, then uh, Hokkaido Cask won the same thing. So. There's been a battle point that's won uh, world's best whiskey and yet that UK competition, World Whiskey's Awards, uh, seven times. Oh crap! Nice. So, yeah, that's awesome. And that distribution, well, so yeah. that one's more readily available than the the Whiskey Forty Saloon, right? Because I think I'm not, I'm not gonna tell the fellas now, but I'll probably share it later. I think I saw one where it can be gotten on the East Coast. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah, so battle, we're battle points are we're like our flat whiskey so that yeah that's out there uh that's out there you can order we've got on our on our website we've got uh two uh two multi-state liquor vendors that will uh that'll ship it to pretty much anywhere where you can send it well i'm pretty much anywhere one of them one of them worked really hard to try to keep the price to where we have it locally yeah the other the other one he ships to more states but uh but he didn't work quite as hard to keep the price where we He's wanted. playing the secondary game. <laughs> yeah, about to say, yeah. Not, yeah. Quite, not quite the secondary game. Like, I see all these, I'll see these pictures of, like, uh, you know, some guy, I can't imitate it here because uh, I'm at the wrong angle, but, you know, <laughs> you, see this, you see this picture and there's, like, you know, there's, like, a, there's like this hand with a bottle in it and then there's, like, a steering wheel back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Over here, there's like a liquor store that's over here. You know, some guy that's doing like a <laughs> six day multi multi state sweep where he's driving around and he's going to all these podunk liquor stores looking for all this stuff that his homies can't get where they're back home. You know, I couldn't get this one. I couldn't get this one. So he like scoops all this shit up and puts it in the back and then goes home and like blows the price sells up. Sells it up. Yeah. yeah. Sells it to yeah. all of his to all of his buddies. It's like tater. You know. Yeah, like whatever. Tater. Is that really what it's yeah. about? I mean, well, well, I think it's like a- the latest release of of uh, of Weller. I'm I'm think I'm going to survive. I have I got <laughs> I got some Stitzel Weller like right over here. That's the real thing. That if like that this you know that the Weller that they're putting in bottles right now, it would like vibrate its way to the edge of the table and like fall off and break on the floor if it had to compete against the real Weller. So really, shots mm. fired. Seriously, this this Sissel Weller stuff, shit, tastes, I mean, hey, like even modern Sissel Weller tastes, tastes, you know, 
the Jefferson 17, 18, 20 year old reserve, that stuff that for legal reasons they had to say that it was aged in Stitzel Weller barrels. Well, well, guess what? You know, the only way to get, you know, liquor into a Stitzel Weller barrel is if it's distilled at frickin' Stitzel Weller before it got bought out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, all that stuff, you taste that stuff against, against this other, this other Weller, not to be, you know, not to be uh, brash or anything, but you're not talking about the same thing. I feel like Keith want to say, I feel like Keith want to say trash every now and then before that, when he says (laughs) (laughs) Really, if if you did, I mean, if you hadn't tasted Stissel Weller from, you know, from the sixties and beyond, I mean, even, even into this, even into the seventies, I've got a bottle of, uh, Stitzel Weller, uh, you know, Rebel Yell from, you know, 72. And it's like, it's like, frick, it's like, it's like, it like ruin you for anything that you like go to the whiskey shelf and then go home and take a taste of this and a taste of that. And it's like, okay, forget it. I'm going to give this to my buddy that I don't really like because he's a dude. <laughs> oh my God. So it's like, that sounds amazing. That's funny. The sad, the, the sad thing is, the sad thing is, is that, you know, is that, is that like you could figure out a way? I mean, I mean, any huge company mm-hmm. could figure out a way to do that stuff. They really could. It, it can't be that difficult. And you know, but but Weller of today is not Weller of of yesteryear. And yeah, there's the bottle aging and the bottle funk, and there's all the rest of that stuff that goes along with it. But that's really minimal. I mean, you taste some of this old liquor. And even if it has a little bit of an edge of, of antique to it, you taste through that antique to what that liquor is. And it is just like, it is a different animal and it's not, mm. it's not anywhere near the same. And, you know, but me at the end point, my goal would be to, you know, to be able to, to unravel the mystery of, of how to do that. And I think it's just, I, I think it's really, it has less to do with, high speed gas chromatography and and you know and 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 getting into the science part of it it just has a lot more to do with getting into the the craft of it the more science you understand and and assimilate the more you don't have to look at science Mm. The more the science is with you it's in you you know what it is now we don't have to look at it now we can look at it and we can be creative Wow. Gotcha. That's dope. I mean, to me, that that's, you know, that's, that's the way to kind of, you know, not to reinvent the wheel, but to like resurrect the wheel in, in homage of, of some of these great whiskeys that, that they were like everyday whiskeys. It's freaking ridiculous. Like Crow whiskey from 1941. Like you guys, you guys would, your heads would explode and you'd have a heart attack and like disintegrate into another, you know, like into another (laughs) dimension. It freaking ruins your life. You're like, I, I can't go yeah. to the liquor store anymore. We're gonna stop drinking you know, this. You, stop drinking you, this you shit. Midnight. I'm on a like a <laughs> on a Scotland liquor auction. Like you know, oh that fucker. Look at you. Like you know, you know, you did like to outbid somebody. Keith, you did, you did, you did, you did change my perspective though. I mean, we've talked about on this show how you know. As we were early in the in the bourbon kind of game, we were hunting all the allocated bottles and Weller this, Weller that, Blanton's this, Blanton's that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we discovered single barrels, right? And then it was like, oh, well, look, you know, check out this single barrel. 
And it, it wasn't until sitting on your couch in your office <laughs> and, and drinking some of those vintage bottles that I was like, oh, snap, there's another level to this. We weren't even scratching right. the surface. We, right. we weren't even like we never considered that. Right. Yeah. No, nope. I think I'll be interested when you guys get it. I don't know if you are or not, but if you guys veer into the world of, of scotch whiskey. That's if you if you're waiting for your for your socks to get rocked off, man. Well, there's some, and, I, and I'm, I love bourbon whiskey and I love Scotch whiskey too. But there is a level of expressiveness because of the never never really thought of Scotch whiskey as being um, like a whiskey where you can exercise a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in comparison with bourbon, the way that America approaches it, commonality in the bourbon yeasts that people are using, commodity corn. Um, commodity rye. Rye is a more difficult grain to grow than some of the other ones out there. A lot of people are like pulling from the same sources, even if they're distilling it themselves. You know, they may be, they may be, you know, pulling grain from the same place that the places like MGP might be pulling it from. Um, You get to the Scottish side of it and man, the variation, the variation is, is, is unreal. And yeah. the aggressiveness that they that they build into some of those whiskeys, just really just you scratch your head and go. And yeah. I mean, I, I know how to make whiskey. And there's some of these whiskeys I'll taste them and I'll just like, God, what you know? What <laughs> yeah. were you what were you doing? How did how did this happen? I mean, how did this even modern stuff? I tasted a Springbank ten uh, year old made with uh, local barley grown. All in uh, in on the Kintyre Peninsula, which is like right around the distillery, and it's like God, it's like and it's new. It's like just released. Oh, this wow. isn't even whiskey. <laughs> this is like brand new whiskey, and it's like man, it's it's probably one of the most expressive whiskeys I've tasted in the last six months. Other than some, oh wow, other than some of these like old guys that are laying around here that I'm tasting, it's like wow, this is super impressive whiskey. And these guys are like really, these guys are like really putting it out there, you know, local, local. They're the last distillery in, uh, in Campbelltown. They're the, you know, one of the last Lowland distilleries still doing triple distillation. And it's like, wow. Okay. And then they're, and then they're like going out on a limb, talking to local farmers and then bringing this stuff in, they're malting it all on site like hmm. old school malting floor and then they're like throwing it out there and 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 you know hey what do you guys what do you guys think of this it's I like love that you're such a nerd man you're such a nerd yes yeah, yep exactly it's hilarious he's a bourbon head man he's all in it yes sir but I am. as much as we but, i mean we could sit here and talk to you about this all night all, but all night all night what but. we're here for is the point what's cracking that's why we're here. So we're going to talk about your bottle. We're going to talk about, because this is the one we're cracking. Everybody's drinking. We're going to try to go through mm-hmm. what we get on the nose, what we get on the palate. And hopefully we'll come through what your intent was to put out Weigh in when you want to. Um, we'll give it our rating of black fist, what we get on the ear and hopefully yeah. we'll do it justice. Whew. Bill, mm. you are the Ichiro, sir. Go for it. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, just, I mean, to me, uh, I mean, just this heavy maple, maple syrup. I mean, just really sweet. Um, it's, it's, it's really soft on my palate. And, you know, you guys know I am 
a sucker for the weeded. And so this is right in my wheelhouse. Um, it's, it's really good. As you can see, I've cracked my bottle before you guys, and you know, it's oh, it a, yeah, you it's did. a serious dent. But is that is that from tonight? All you drank all no, that tonight? No, 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 no. To be fair, to be fair, good whiskey is meant to be shared. I think so Mike Lacey got that bottle. Mike Lacey and our other our other homeboy um, Joseph Squires. Um, oh, you put uh, his whole government out there. I did. I did. <laughs> So anyway, um, those those guys came through maybe a couple weeks ago, and we had a tasting, and you know it's just you know again this is something that is unique. Um, you know the sweetness that it hits my palate is just just unreal. So um, hats off, Keith. Hats off. This is a very good tasting, very good tasting uh, pour. I, I I I am really enjoying it. Anything on the on the ear and black fist? Like what do you? Yeah, so uh, so I'm gonna go old school because you know Keith, you know Keith's an old school guy, and so am I. And so uh, the only thing when I was when I was tasting it, you know, not so much tonight, but like before, um, I got some Earl Green on the ear. No, you did. Happiness. What? Yes, sir. Oh, no, you yes, ain't sir. believe what I got on the ear. Oh boy. Yeah, love and happiness, man. So you know, because Keith puts his love, his heart and soul into into this whiskey. He's not. I mean, you know, you know, he he heavily stunts on us and says this is not really a money making venture for him. This is a passion. This is a love. This is yeah. You know what what you know what he does. So. So this is just about the love and the happiness of making great whiskey. So that's what I got on the ear. Oh my! And black God. fist, I'm, I'm gonna get it, give it a four, four solid black fist. Yo. Oh wow! Yo, that is wow! Dog. Yes, sir. You yes, know what's sir. funny though? Yes, you know what's funny though? And I and I'm not even gonna front. <laughs> I'm not even gonna front. <laughs> what he got on the ear is almost what I got on the ear. Word. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, serious business. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, seriously, man. I mean, this is and this is a bourbon that um that you know you're sitting around, you're enjoying, you know, just old school. You know, you just yep. you know not, you're not in a hurry. Um, you're not gonna you know be like oh you know let me go let me shut this down and go you know do something else. Let me you know make sure I got something. No, this is you. You're taking your time. You know, you take your time. You're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just good. It's just good. It is. It is. All right. I want to go next because I want to hear what the plug got on the ear. So I want you to save that. <laughs> the people's choice. There's my snares. There's my snares. I always <laughs> have to get my the snares in my head. This whole thing. It's amazing. That's right. We got to keep yeah, ourselves right. busy, so, Keith. Yeah. All right. So, so first, first things first, Keith. I am glad you reminded me that I paid ninety dollars for this bottle because I'm going <laughs> to slow down now. I'm going to slow down on it a little bit because I was, yeah, I was, I was, so, you I know, was, you know, you can't hide that money because I, I knew how much I paid for my bottle. Right. <laughs> I was on vacation, was, so it was in the budget. No, I knew, I knew how much I paid. Bro, bro, I was getting a little too deep into this bottle for you know. So yeah. I'm gonna slow down. That's first things first. Second thing though, packaging is dope. So I can tell you're a marketing guy. I love the packaging. I love the label. I love the fact that I don't know, and you guys tell me if I'm missing somebody. Like orange to me is a very underrated color. <laughs> I think orange is awesome. Mm. My high school, our colors were purple and orange. We were the Cavaliers. We were oh, wow. trying to be so, but I don't like. What's another brand out there that has orange packaging? Nobody. Like, is there one? No. 
No, no. Orange like, packaging. So, so now when I think orange, I think Bainbridge. I think walking in the lobby of his distillery and just seeing orange. And I pulled it out of this orange box today. Yeah. And it just, and I was just like, wow, what a unique flavor. But and think, of, think my, of the juxtaposition uh, my, uh, between the orange and that silver label, though. Yeah, my you know um, my dining room used to be orange. <laughs> random guy, random guy. Yeah, that was, that was super so, random. Super random. A little orange going on. <laughs> I was going now, for that Texas Longhorn. Uh, Texas Longhorn. Super random. Super random. Now, when it comes to the bottle, I mean, this is what is most impressive to me. And by the way, I am not caping or you know, you know, sucking up to my guy. Keith yes, you are. Because Try Keith, your bottle. I'm just telling you. No, I, I got a bottle, Keith. If I didn't like it, I would tell you. Man, I love this. I love it. It's amazing to me. Yes. And and it wasn't just the nostalgia of being there and 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 communing with you guys. It is literally the flavor in this thing is amazing. So mm-hmm. I do. Keith, I struggle with the whole what I get on the nose and all that stuff. My ear is pretty good. My nose and palate, I have no idea. I just know if I like it or not. However, when the silverback said maple syrup, I got pure Vermont maple syrup. Like I yes. can, I, yeah. And I don't know if that's the power of suggestion or what, but I, I got that. probably. Now help me out with this one, right? Because. You know, on the palate, as I'm trying to really stretch myself and say, what do I taste in this that I like so much? I used to love Circus Peanuts. And I, I, I feel like somebody mentioned Circus Peanuts on our podcast once before. It was you, Devin. I, no, it, it was, was not. It was uh, Marianne. It was Marianne Barnes. Uh, was right. it Marianne Eves? Yeah, it was Marianne. Yeah. Bro, yeah. I feel like, and, and I haven't had a Circus Peanut probably in 10, 15 years, right? I feel like this tastes like what I think a circus peanut might taste like because I used to love circus peanuts. So, Keith, is that offensive? Am I? No, am I? Jim- there's, there's definitely some. The, the, the vanilla component in this really has kind of a creamy profile to it. It's a lot softer and it's a little bit fattier. It's got yes. some of that. It's got some of that that uh, that that orange peel and orange marmalade flavor. Yes. Um, where it's it's not super sweet, but it's it's got some spice and it's got like a lot of deep orange flavor to it. So, no, that's that that's definitely in there. Um, you know, little bits of brown sugar. It does have kind of a mapley component to it. It comes yeah. by honestly. I've got no idea where that really comes from. Um, <laughs> But well, you know, it's all it's all it's all like chemical markers that that your 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 taste buds read as this thing or that thing or right. You know. It's all about what you you know what you bring to the table as far as your yeah. Your I mean, that's really the whole thing. It's like really training yourself to recognize mm-hmm. what that stuff you know what it makes you feel like, what makes you you know reminds you of. It's like oh, that reminds me of plate. Exactly. So that's why weed it always reminds me of oatmeal. Oh, but seriously I, I happen to really like circus peanuts so i get i mean i love this all right now i'm gonna do my black fist rating first um black fist i'm gonna one up the silver back on this because it's so unique 
because I know that I will not walk in and drink this because I, right. I do not have that gift that Keith has. Keith opens bottles. Keith, I mean, bottles. Keith is a Keith is hey, a bottle. I mean, opener. you know, Keith. I mean, Keith low key stuff. Yeah, he was like, you know, one to smash, one to stash. You heard him <laughs> earlier. I heard him. I heard him. And so, <laughs> <laughs> the first one is gone. Then the other exactly, one. exactly. If he has two, he's opening up one and, and, and he's stashing the other. So, so I'm probably the exact opposite, Keith. Yeah. I like to, <laughs> I like to, I like, I really like to hang on to my bottles, especially if yeah, I like man. it. Especially yeah, man, he's like on that show Hoarders. <laughs> he's on that show Hoarders. Yeah. So I can, I can, I, I come to visit your house and then tell you to go to the store and pick up some stuff, and all those bottles will be opened up and <laughs> everywhere. Oh, and there'll no, be Keith. twenty people in there. Be going, man, look at the fucking what he Keith, got. Keith, Keith, <laughs> maybe a maybe a month ago, guess. Guess what I just put on my bourbon room? What? I, a lock, brother. I just put a lock on this thing. So, hey, and, and there's only one key in the entire world, and I have it. So, yeah. you're killing me. Bro, I put a lock on there. Or my wife did. She's the handy one. All right, yeah. so... Black Fist, I'm going to one up the silverback. This is 4.25 Black Fist for 4.25, me. 4.25, really? Mm. Mm. Yeah, dude, this is, you know, I mean, you know, this is, and, and if you go back and listen to our podcast and listen to our rankings, this is, it is um, a special occasion bourbon for me. Is yeah. the highest like five? Yeah, Fist? the highest is five. Yeah. And no one's ever gotten a five. Has anyone ever gotten a five? We've never uh, gave somebody five. gave the culture, five. Yeah, the, the kosher, the kosher wheat dweller. Buffalo Trace. This is, yeah. Yeah, this, Trace, is yeah. this is the first, I mean, I don't think I've ever given anything over 4.25, so this is one of my highest ratings ever. On yeah. the ear, though, the whole Whiskey 40 Saloon and the theme and all that. <laughs> Keith, Country. I hope you're okay with this, man, but I got, I didn't get country music. But I got as close to country music as I think you can get. And maybe it does classify as country music. I got Lil Nas X. Oh, man. Old Town Road. I got Old Town Road, <laughs> But I got the remix with um with the achy, breaky heart guy. Oh, yeah. Wow. What's his name? Billy Ray Cypress. Billy, Billy Ray Cypress. Billy Ray Cyrus, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I actually me, happen to also like more. that song. No, I didn't get that. More, it's a little bit more Bayou Blues for me. But, there you uh, go. <laughs> It's the guy who made the product right there. Hey, I happen to like the song. What Keith gets on the ear and what I get on the ear are two different things. We'll give two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Just just terrible. All right. All right. What'd you get? So, so first of all, I can understand why OJ was so adamant about hooking up with Keith and going to bed. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I I understand his desire to chase him down for a couple years to get us out there. Because Mm -hmm. first, the eight barrels. Yes. Um, The product. Dope. What I get on the nose is, in addition to everything we talked about, I get a little breadiness too, you know. Very nice, very warm. And when it hits my tongue, you know, it's kind of sharp at the beginning, but it coats my whole tongue and it doesn't taste like a hundred proofer. Um, it kind of brings to mind what we got with the Hill Rock Double Cast Rock. You know, even though it's that high proof, it's really smooth. And this could be a dangerous daily sipper. You know what I mean? Mm. But it's way above a John. It's way above a John Daly. Yeah, but I say it's not a John Daly. It'd be a John Daly if I had a couple more bottles in my supply, which I will email Keith about after we get off. And I got that hookup on the battle point, so I might be straight. Um, so 
what, what I give this is I give it a solid four. And I'm giving it a four because it could be a strong five, but I feel like I would drink this whole bottle in one sitting if we're around mm-hmm. the table, which is bad. Mm-hmm. But because I can't get it all the time, I got to give it a four, so I got to pace myself. So it's going to be on the shelf by the double cast ride and the wild <laughs> in the turkey in the, in the back. back. Right. In the uh, back. Special occasions only, hidden so people can't see it. Yes, sir. You, so you good. Can, you can set me next to wild turkey any day of the week and all Yo, that. Yo, I'm telling you, Keith, you're going to be right there. You know what I mean? It's going to be the double cast, you, and the wild turkey. The three of y'all back in the back. Um, a, a solid four black fist. And what I get on the ear is funny because you brought up Al Green. I got Al Green. I'm still in love with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, <laughs> because sometimes you, you know, you're like, wow, you're drinking stuff and you'd be like, ah, it's kind of iffy, whatever, some bottles. But this joint right here, it brings you back. I mean, it's organic. This is for the love of the game because what he's doing, Keith is doing this for pure love of the game. Like he told you, there's a passion project and you can feel that, yo. Mm -hmm. You can feel what he's doing. You can feel his passion in the bottle. The packaging, dope for me. I showed my son the stickers he gave us when we came back. He's like, yo, these are fire. And you know, a man don't really drink. Anyway, my son loved them. This bottle is great. I wish the listeners could get it if they could find it. If if Keith blows out the distribution, it's going to be wild. People going, they're going to fall over themselves to get this bottle because it's going to be highly sought after. So four black fists, Al Green. I'm still in love with you. That's what I give it. Uh-huh. Yo, that's mm. my rating. This is hats off, Keith. Keith, what do you get on the ear on on this bottle of whiskey forty saloon? Wow. <laughs> oh, as he goes in, in, in addition to blue by your nose. <laughs> well, so so my trick on like it's tough to it's tough to nose alcohol sometimes, but uh, I. Uh, I smell a lot of empty glasses. Yes, me too. Yes. Yes. Once, once it's you know, once it's like oh, like yes, the, I do know. the next day you go down. Yeah. Oh, I do know. Yep. Yes. I didn't smell that before. Yes. But, uh, to me, it's uh, it's really just um, you know I've I've lived here for about twenty years. I've been coming to this island for since I was a little kid. You know, since I was in sixth grade. And we were old enough to ride our bikes onto the ferry and come across over here. And they'd let you fish off the ferry terminal back then before, you know, now they'd like chase you off or call the state patrol or get the guard dogs after you or something. But back then, you know, they, you know, you could pretty much do anything on the ferry terminal as long as a boat wasn't coming in and you were going to follow your lineup. So for me, this is like, it's really an expression of here. I mean, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's fresh. It's got a lot of spice to it. Um, um, it's it's got a lot of vibrance to it. I can taste a lot of grain nuance in it, and you know, for me, it's it's uh, again, it's it's a really different whiskey than than our our standard Battle Point whiskeys uh, made from wheat. But I just I feel like it's uh, like it's a whiskey from it's a whiskey from here, and it has a lot of. It's got a lot of the same notes and it makes a lot of the same noise as, as you know, as, as what we have here. It's, it's a little rough around the edges. It's got some polish to it. It's got some style to it that's kind of individualistic. And, um, and it's unique. And I mean, and that's really what, what you want. I mean, you know, there's yeah. unique and good and then there's unique. Well, and so I right. think <laughs> hope is it's unique and good. Yeah. And, um, and you know whether we make whether we make you know 200 cases of it or 2,000 cases of it or 20,000 cases of it when it's available, 
I'm hoping that the people that tried it will will remember it and go, oh, sh- sh- that's available now. <laughs> yeah. And they'll like snap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and, think you're going to have a problem. Our, our listeners really, really gravitate towards good stuff. I'm just yeah. Well, we, hey, we're, we, we work hard to try to make it, uh, to make it as good as it can be. And, and uh, you know, no corners cut. And like you said, it, it's a labor of love. It's got to support itself too. But it's really, uh, when I started this company, it wasn't because I needed a job. I mean, if I, I needed, I already got a job. I already got a job. I already got a job that I make, you know, that I make decent money at. So this is not the industry that you get into because, hey, we're looking to make a lot of money. Unless you got a lot of money and you're going to buy a bunch of bulk barrels and then you're going to, you know, put a, you know, old school name on it and yeah. pipe and everybody's going to get excited about it. Ooh, this is really, this is really like, you know, it's, it's, it's really, can it be done? You know, can, yeah. can, can you know, can the little guy get out there and kind of make it and make it good and make it so that people want it and make it unique enough that people remember it? And, you know, and I think we're, we're well on our way to doing that. And that's still what informs us every day when we're when we're doing what we're doing. It's like, well, are we are we, you know, are we following our own mantra? Are we making good on why we did this? And, you know, and I guess when it gets to where we're not, then there's no reason to do it anymore. But right now, there's a lot of work to be done. So, well, no doubt. You're nice. doing the damn thing. So, um, I think the people can find you on Instagram at, at My Year of Whiskies. And that's W H I S K I E S. Is your Bainbridge Organic Distillery also on Instagram? It is. All right. Tell the people mm-hmm. where they can find you at the Bainbridge on Instagram. Uh, it's just under Bainbridge Organic Distillers. Okay, perfect. That's easy. They can figure that yeah. out. Um, the orange. I apologize for like the lengthy name. It's like no, it's that's a lot. Type it every time. That'll that'll make them focus. You know what I'm saying? They'll pay attention. Yeah, and then focus. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can find us at the Black and Brown Podcast on Instagram at the Black and Brown on Twitter. Um, you can find Delvin Joyce at Delvin J33. You can find William Stevens at AGBK06 on Instagram. You can 06. find me at my government name is underscores in between that. We are the Black and Brown Podcast. We drop every Sunday on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. Man, Keith, thanks for coming through and chopping it up with us. And by the way, Keith was low-key dropping ether on folks tonight. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't wait to hear the playback. He said, Keith, he we'll said tell you, you can what get happened. product and put your name on it, but you ain't doing shit. <laughs> Keith, Keith, we'll tell you what ether is later. I never, I never, I never would have said that. <laughs> it's all good, Keith. But Keith, we appreciate you coming through and chopping it up with us. We can't wait to see that black and brown TSR bottle out of Brainbridge. Uh, and I, we want to encourage our listeners to go out and cop this Whiskey 40 Saloon because it is dope. And more than anything, stay black and keep your brown. Awesome. Good job. Thank you.